Welcome to Elam Lutheran Church this morning. We are so glad that you're here to worship with us. Join us as we sing our first song this morning, O Zion Haste. called His Mercy is More. In Lamentations 3, it says, He does not treat us as our sins deserve. His mercies are new every morning. Sing along with us. What love could remember no wrongs we have done? Omniscient, all-knowing, he counts not the sum. Thrown into a sea without bottom or shore. Our sins, they are many, his mercy is more. Praise the Lord, his mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, new every morn. Our sins, they are many, his mercy is more. 
What patience would wait as we constantly roam? What Father so tender is calling us home? He welcomes the weakest, the vilest, the poor. Our sins, they are many, His mercy is more. Praise the Lord, His mercy is more. sins they are many his mercy is more what riches of kindness he lavished on us his blood was the payment his life was the cost we stood beneath the debt we could never afford our sins they are many his mercy is more praise the lord his mercy is more stronger than darkness new every morn our sins they are many his mercy is more praise the lord his mercy is more To friends of Elam Lutheran Church in Lake Stevens, this is Pastor Herb Hoff speaking to you this morning from Olympia, Washington. I'm looking forward to the time when we can be together face to face and uh, even extend the right hand of fellowship, and we trust that God is going to bring that about fairly soon. Well, this morning I'll be finishing up on Acts chapter 15. Uh, the title of the sermon that I've chosen is A Parting of Ways, or Maybe you could even use the theme, uh, when division becomes multiplication. I'm going to read to you from Acts 15, starting at verse 36. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord, and see how they are. Now, Barnabas wanted to take with them John, called Mark, but Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of our Lord. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for those that have gone before us that haven't been comfortable just staying in the safety of their home, but you have sent them forth with a message. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would soon send us out of the safeties of our home 
to the place where we proclaim your glory, your goodness, and your great love, especially to those who haven't heard and don't yet believe. So use us, use this time, and bring glory to your name, I pray. Amen. Well, we're going to be looking at those uh, all-stars uh, in the end of uh, chapter 15, uh, people who, who had such a powerful impact on, on the early church and has sort of set the stage for ways we can sort of follow. going to start with Barnabas. Barnabas uh, talked about in scriptures one who's an encourager, a teacher, he's a missionary, and even referred to as an apostle. Barnabas himself actually was named at birth uh, Joseph. He was a Levite. He was from the island of Cyprus. And he comes on the scene in Acts chapter 4, where the scripture tells us that uh, he was named, renamed as it were, by the apostles as Barnabas, which means the son of encouragement. He obviously had that gift. Uh, he was moved when he saw the early church and, and the needs that were so surrounding those that were part of the household of faith, he even took some of his own land, sold it, and then brought the proceeds and set it at the feet, or as it were, put it in the lap of the apostles for them to use as they best saw fit. He was moved by God. And he wanted that to be an encouragement. That seems to be the, the, the gifting out of which he worked. How can I encourage someone? The next one who is big in today's lesson is Saul of Tarsus, now going by the name of Paul. And Paul, he too referred to in scripture as one who's an evangelist. He's an apologist. That one's he 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 makes sense of, of what the gospel means into the context where it needs to be proclaimed. He's a missionary. He's used with gifts of healing, and definitely he is an apostle. He says, I was one of the late, last ones born almost out of sync with the rest of the apostles. Paul himself was uh, a classically trained Pharisee through the school of Gamaliel in Jerusalem. Possibly some of the others that were involved even in today's story um, might had access to that, possibly even Barnabas himself. He was passionate about the law of Moses and unbending when he felt that the truth was somehow being shortchanged. He wanted to make sure that what scripture said is what people were doing and what people were believing. Barnabas uh, was the one who put his own reputation on the line. When, when Saul of Tarsus was converted on that road to Damascus, when he came to faith in the Lord Jesus, it is Barnabas who, who reached out and, and sort of took him under his wings, brought him and shepherded him into the leadership there in Jerusalem for a time, saying, you don't need to be afraid of him. God has done a mighty work. He saw something in the gifting of Paul, and he wanted to call it to life. He wanted to, to encourage it to grow because God had great plans for him. Enter the scene in today's is John Mark, who is a cousin or possibly a nephew of Barnabas. We see him as a ministry assistant. He's a missionary in his own right and an evangelism, evangelist, quite probably the one who authored the gospel of St. Mark. Now, John Mark began that first missionary journey with, with, with Barnabas and Saul. 
and were first place they left as they went out of uh, Antioch was across to that island of Crete, that, uh, Barnabas's home island, uh, John Mark's home background also. And there together, Barnabas and Saul, with John Mark helping out, ministered to those who were receiving the faith. A couple different towns and, and leaders on the island, and God was doing great things. It was exciting. A uh, little bit of resistance from some, but good news is the gospel spread. And then they took a boat across, and now all of a sudden, it's not referred to as Barnabas and Saul, but Paul and Barnabas. And as they get to the mainland there in that south-central part of what we now call Turkey, it didn't sit well with Mark. And he found another boat, and he headed on back to Jerusalem. There was some fearfulness that was a part of Mark, and, and it was memorable. Because John and excuse me, because Paul and Barnabas were sort of depending on him as as assistant, and now all of a sudden he wasn't there with them anymore. Uh, so they come back. A number of things they give a report on the things that have happened. Uh, wonderful things with the with the Gentiles coming to faith in the Lord Jesus and trusting Him. Some tough things were going on too. There was resistance. Uh, so much so that in one town, the Jews and, and some of the other leaders, they took Paul and they stoned him. And they dragged him out of town figuring he was dead. And he got up later on and the next day went into town and the next day passed on to another town. But later on comes back through. So uh, fearfulness for, for John Mark, yeah, there might be some good reasons to be fearful because... It was an uncharted territory. I, I find myself sort of uh, attracted both to Barnabas and to John Mark. Now, Barnabas, because, because I find in myself a desire to encourage. That, that sort of the, the mindset and the gifting out of which I function. I look back at my, my ministry of teaching and counseling, and much of that comes through exhortation, and not a shaking your finger exhortation, shame on you, but an exhortation of encouraging, of, of, of building up, of saying, here is the path. You can walk in it. There's ways that you can make this. And that, that is a part of just who I am. So I'm, I've always been sort of attracted to Barnabas. And then an experience in my life uh, earlier on, uh, back when I was 22, 1972, I was on a mission trip uh, with two other fellows. We were going to Europe, Israel, Africa, South America. We were gone for almost a half a year. And one of the things that we felt God was calling us to do was to, to gather together through um, Brother Andrew's organization, uh, Bibles and other Christian literature to, to bring through the Iron Curtain to brothers and sisters who were on the other side who uh, didn't have access to a lot of that stuff. And it sounded really good and exciting when we were in Seattle before we left. And then as we ended up with more than 50 pounds of old or Bibles and New Testaments and, and tracts and, and, and Christian literature, all of it in Eastern European languages, the closer that border, that Iron Curtain came, the more fear arose in my heart. 
And, and I was struggling. Can I do this? And as we were in Switzerland, we spent several days with Francis Schaeffer at his, at his retreat center in Huemo, Switzerland. And I was out walking in the snow in that February, and, and I was filled with fear. In fact, I didn't know if I was going to be able to com complete this. Uh, am I going to just have to say, you guys make it on your own. If you make it, I'll meet you in Athens. I, that was going through my mind and my heart. And, and one of the things that I was the musician for our group and one of the songs that we sang, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul, it makes its boast in you, O Lord. Let the nations hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord. He heard me and delivered me from all my fear. And all of a sudden I realized I'm not being delivered from my fear. Fear has captivated me. It's crushing me. And as I was walking in the snow there in Huemo, singing that song, all of a sudden God's Spirit came in and moved peacefulness into my heart and realized that uh, in my mind now that the very safest place for me to be was smack dab in the middle of God's will. And if that meant that I was caught on my way into Yugoslavia and jailed, it wasn't going to be a surprise to God. And he was going to be there to be with me and to protect me. What, a, what an encouragement that became for me. Uh, so, but I can understand how, how John Mark, all of a sudden, this fear comes and captivates. And, and for him, he found an escape. He went back to Jerusalem. And Barnabas and Paul, at that time, Paul and Barnabas, they continued on on their journey. Well, I want to look a little bit at, at some of the conflicts that came up and, and how these two sort of brought it to resolution. How does it, how does it take place and, and is it really bad news? First of all, uh, Paul and Barnabas kept their problem on a personal level. There's no indication in Scripture that, that they involved others in their disagreement. They didn't build up people on their side to come against them on that side. No, they kept it to themselves and they dealt with it themselves. Secondly, uh, Paul and Barnabas didn't take the problem personally. Although they kept it personal, they, they didn't take it personally. They didn't allow their disagreement to alienate them as friends and as brothers in the gospel and family in the kingdom of God. Uh, I don't want to minimize the severity of their disagreement. It was not some, oh well, no, it was a severe disagreement that they had. And yet they didn't allow that disagreement on this point to destroy the fellowship that they had. There's no indication in scripture that there was any kind of bitterness or alienation later on that came between these two. Thirdly, Paul and Barnabas saw the matter through to a resolution. They didn't allow it to fester and stink and destroy everything. No, they brought it to a resolution. Now, the resolution maybe isn't what we would hope for. 
What was their resolution? Their resolution was to separate and to go separate ways. And now two separate missions. Yeah, they brought it to resolution. Four, uh, neither Paul nor Barnabas appeared to be acting out of their own self-will. Uh, for both of them, as they come to a resolution in this very pointed disagreement, uh, they both went through personal sacrifice. But they, they both lost something that was important to them. That ongoing team ministry that they'd had and were so wonderful at. I mean, Paul was so appreciative for so long for, for who Barnabas was and, and what he had done. His gift of encouragement where, where he would put himself in sometimes dangerous positions to, to embrace someone who others were rejecting. That, that was Barnabas's heart. That was Barnabas who, who, when he was sent from Jerusalem down to Antioch because these Greek-speaking people were coming to faith in Jesus, he sends up to Tarsus, in fact, goes up to Tarsus where Saul is living and brings him down. And they are a team teaching and ministering together. And there's a great field where, where the gospel seeds are planted and and. And many people are coming to faith and trust in Jesus. Uh, neither Paul nor Barnabas sought to make this disagreement a, a biblical issue. I, I can't tell you how disappointed it is, uh, not only seeing others do it, but sometimes even seeing it in me, where, where all of a sudden I'm going to prove that I am right and I'm going to prove by Scripture that you are wrong and I'm going to get my whole list of of scripture verses, proof texts to prove that I'm right and God's on my side and to prove that you're wrong and you're not on God's side. And that's not what Saul, that's not what Barnabas did. No, they didn't. They both did the right thing, even though it was a different thing for both of them. They functioned out of their gifting. They lived out their passions. And for them, it meant they were going to end up going in a couple different directions. From our point, a couple thousand years later, we maybe wish it had been different. Couldn't it have been solved some way other? But God did something where that division now becomes a multiplication. Number six, both Paul and Barnabas seem to be acting in in line with the gifting that God has built into him. Who but Barnabas would, would you expect to come alongside a bruised and broken young Mark and bring him encouragement to, to be used to, by God to minister to the stumbling saint so that once again he would be able to be stand, he would be able to be rescued, and he'd be able to be used and be used greatly in the future. And who else but Paul would you expect to come down hard, real hard, on, on someone who, who had failed to complete the mission that he'd set to begin with? You know, there was that thing that Jesus said, anyone who puts his hand to the plow and turns back, they're not really worthy to be a part. Paul and Barnabas, 
each gifted differently, each used by God in their gifting to do the very things that are needed to be done. Number seven, both Paul and Barnabas ministered to John Mark by what they did. Uh, years later, Paul is going to be writing a letter to the church at Thessalonica, a, a, a church that had pastoral leadership from the apostles less than a month. Three Sabbaths plus days plus and minus on either side of that. And yet people were chosen to, to, to be elders in that and, and protect uh, proclaim the gospel to the believers who were there. So it was, a, it was a young, it was an untrained church. And so the letters of 1st and 2nd Thessalonians are, are really important to, to lay down some real basics. And, and here's the encouragement that Paul gives in 1st Thessalonians 5.14. And we urge you, brethren, to admonish the unruly, to encourage the faint-hearted, to help the weak, to be patient with all men. Now, Paul's negative, we might call it, negative response to Barnabas, uh, to John Mark, sort of filled out the picture because Barnabas came in with such a positive way of encouragement. Paul's negative response matched together with Barnabas's positive response helped Mark to take seriously the issues that he was dealing with. Am, am I going to allow fear to rule my life, and ruling my life then impacting the others who are depending upon me. And then with these seriousness and yet still graciousness, how do I grow and flourish into the people that God, the person that God has saved me to be? Finally, that separation between Paul and Barnabas it became a cooperative action, not, not, an, not a competitive one. Barnabas, he took John Mark with him and went back to his hometown, home area anyway, back over to Cyprus, and, and they ministered. Remember what the desire was to begin with. Let's go back to those places where we went and encourage and strengthen the believers. Well, now with this division that has become a multiplication, Barnabas and John Mark, they head back to the first steps of that journey to those towns. And we don't hear much more from at least scripture about what takes place in their mission journey. But they were there, and I would imagine that, that Barnabas continued his encouragement ministry, and that in the midst of that allowed, allowed John Mark to flourish and, and be effective in what he was doing. And Paul, and now Silas, they go the other way. They, they head up and head up toward John, uh, Paul's hometown of Tarsus, and then into that area where they had gone on that first missionary journey, and encourage and, 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 and strengthen, and believers are blessed by their presence. And then God is going to be doing some things after that. But, but they weren't in a, a, a competitive race. They were in a, a cooperative endeavor, one going to Cyprus, the others going north and, and then west. The ultimate thing that, that we really see in Acts, at least as we begin, is that there really isn't a, a division, even though we would like to see a division sometimes, there isn't a division 
within the body of Christ. We, we are different, and yet we are one. Are we Jews? Are we Gentiles? Yeah, we are those, separate and different, but we are one in Christ. He is doing his mighty work. The, the Jewish believers, the Gentile Christians, yeah, they're different, but their faith holds them together in one. Paul and Barnabas, uh, they had different gifts. They, they, they had different perspectives. They had different callings, but they remained one. One in faith, one in the bond of love, one in this desire to allow more and more people to come to faith in Jesus. Their parting was a division, but it wasn't a divorce. It was a dividing of the ministry so that more could be multiplied. The church of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are one church. We look different, we talk different, we, we worship different in many different places, but we are one body with many members, each with their own unique gifts. Allow the gifting that God has blessed the church with in your life to abound, that more and more may come to faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. And I pray it that he will bless you and strengthen us, even with his words this day. And we thank you for that, Lord. And we bless you and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's also now just begin for just a few minutes, a uh, moment's uh, prayer for the, for the needs of, of our country, the needs of our state, the needs of the church. Lord Jesus, we pray for the many who are struggling right now, uh, for those who are living in fear, uh, not knowing what the next thing holds, uh, sometimes forgetting that uh, you are the one that holds the next things. Thank you, Lord, that uh, for those who trust in you, there is no fearfulness, uh, not of a future. Oh, there may be dying, but the second death won't be a part to touch us. We pray for those who are struggling, who are alone, for those who are weak. We pray for those who are uh, struggling with uh, financial issues because they haven't been able to work. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would provide, especially raise up your church and those who know you and love you, to share the truth of the gospel with more and more people, that they would know and believe and trust in you. We pray, Lord Jesus, for, for the ministry of Elam Lutheran Church, now separated by uh, walls and distance. May we be a church that shines to your glory and the gifting that you've entrusted to us and blessed us with. And all these things, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I would invite you now to, to open your hands and to open your hearts and receive the blessing of God who loves you so very much. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with the greatest of all his favor and give you his peace. 
the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God's richest blessings and peace. Amen. Our last song this morning will be a medley of two songs, Bind Us Together and Blessed Be the Tie That Binds. I know in this time of social distancing when we can't worship together, some people feel very distant, and yet our, spirit, our Holy Spirit does bind us together because of our faith in Jesus Christ. So please sing along with us, Bind Us Together. Be the 